Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Our ad roll hasn't been updated in a while, so this episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity again. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... Maybe you're the problem. Maybe it's you. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin. Yes. Life is not smiling on me today. You know why? Why? Because I'm sick again. No, again. Can you hear it in my voice? Is it a different sick or is it the same one? It's not as bad, but it's just another cold. Oh, garbage. I'm sorry. Thank you. I think I'm fighting something because I am not pepper and chippy. Chip, chipper and peppy. There it is. <laughs> Today. See, I got problems. <laughs> but you have a solution to your sleeping problem. Please tell me about that. Oh, my God. So <laughs> we today, haven't gotten into this yet. Today, uh, I tried to wake up at 630 in the morning. And instead, I woke up at 10 minutes until 10 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I decided it was time to uh, pimp my sleep schedule. Pimp it? Oh, yeah. Like pimp my ride. But, oh, I see. Like, buy something for it. Right. I'm okay. like, I'm like going to bling it out. I'm not going to like. I don't. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't. You're yeah. saying. Cool, 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 cool. And I got an alarm clock on wheels that will beep and then run away from you and make you chase it down <laughs> until until you're awake. Where'd you get it? On the internet. Amazon? Amazon. And I got it because like, okay, so here's the thing everybody's like why do you need an alarm clock it's on your phone but i have my phone right next to me because it's also my flashlight you know <laughs> and it's also like my my twitter all my friends live inside my phone yes i'm not gonna not have it next to me everyone has their phone next to them all the time right no one puts their phone away so that's ever. The, that's the thing so it's like well i need a separate device to be my alarm clock because like i can just roll over and hit my phone not so with this alarm clock. It, is, it runs away. It's very durable and can leap off a, ni- a nightstand three, uh, three feet tall. I'm looking at a picture of it, and it has like a little face. It does. And it has, it looks a little devilish, a little like a little mischievous little guy. And it's got uh, wheels, and it's ready to roll away. It's called Clocky. <laughs> I like that it has a name, and it's very important to me that it, I can like anthropomorphize it because uh, I want it to like feel ashamed of me if I don't wake up or I don't catch oh, it. Oh, I see. You know, like I need somebody to be disappointed in me. <laughs> so so it'll just make noise until you catch it. Yes. That's amazing. You have to wrestle it. You oh got to hog tie it. Oh my God, I'm reading the Amazon page. I'm reading the Amazon. <laughs> Tell me everything. <laughs> question. This I'm reading the Amazon question answer section, okay? It says... Does it work in small rooms or will it just run into the wall? And someone said, mine sometimes turns around after hitting a solid thing. Sometimes it just keeps running against it. (laughs) Here's another question. Someone asked, does it hide? Does it? It says, yes, under the bed where you can't get to it. (laughs) Oh, Uh -oh. fuck. Wait, here's the best question. Ready? What? Is it bulletproof? What? Why would you need to know that? Who's shooting at it? Because you get so... You pretty soon. I can't even imagine. First of all, I can't imagine owning a gun. 
Second, I can't imagine owning a loading gun, a loaded gun, and having it so close to my bed <laughs> that, that my first instinct would be to shoot the little robot that I bought to wake <laughs> me up in the morning. Okay, well, here's the thing: some people might not be able to imagine buying an alarm clock that would run away from them. So maybe this is like a classic slippery slope situation. What do you mean? Like, like I'm you, gonna you, okay? Let me like you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah. Have you ever read that book? Yeah, yeah. And eventually, you blah 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 blah. You you buy a gun and an alarm clock that runs away from you like yeah, eventually first <laughs> first you buy an alarm clock that runs away from you and then 10 steps later you now you've got a loaded shotgun and you're gonna <laughs> shoot it to death oh god it's just gonna turn me into such an angry person i guess i don't know <laughs> oh, well maybe we should do the episode i don't know i'm <laughs> i'm now regretting my I, purchases i can see that i've upset you so let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> all right this problem that uh, the, of my alarm clock running away from me and buying a loaded gun, it would be my fault <laughs> because I'm the one who can't get their ass out of bed in the morning and resorted to these measures. And it was my fault for buying the clock, much like... Oh, good transition. Thank you, Evan. Much like this group of questions. Much like this group of questions, maybe, maybe it's you. Maybe you're doing the wrong thing, guys. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Our first question. So most of my friends dump on me, but don't really want to talk about things I need to talk about. Is it me being too nice? How do I deter that? Did I bond with crappy friends? Okay. Wow. <laughs> so here's what's interesting to, up to me about this question, Trin. What? This asker said most of their friends don't want to hear about their life. They did not say, I have one friend who only changes the subject back to themselves whenever I try to talk about in personal life. All of their friends don't want to hear about their life. If it's happening in more than one relationship, there's some kind of commonality there. It is not necessarily that it's the asker either picking out friends who are not super empathetic. Uh, it, it can also be something like maybe you're not communicating your needs to these friends or maybe you are mishearing what is ha actually happening within conversations. Right, right. We don't want to like gaslight this person. Not but, at all. But I do want to examine what communication has been like because they... They said there's a pattern. Right. Like they said there's a pattern of their friends not receiving the dumps. No. <laughs> Is the asker like, hey, hey, listen, are you actively giving your friends the opportunity to like reciprocate? Like, are you saying things like, guess what happened to me today? Or can I vent to you about something? No. <laughs> <laughs> and then are they saying no? Go away, right? Because that's pretty clear. But if if you're not saying that and and they're not like hearing it, like are you offering up a piece of yourself before you're assuming that your friends don't want to hear about it? Because here's the thing: you have to speak up. You have to speak up. You have to open the door before your friends will come in the living room. This is true. They're not going to break down the window. They're not going to work extra hard. To get stuff out of you. Friends are like vampires. You have to both open the door and actively invite them in or else they'll stay outside. Is that a vampire thing? Yeah. What? A vampire won't go into your house unless you uh, actively say, would you like to come in? What? They can't do it. Where was I when this knowledge was being passed around? Isn't that a good piece of information to have? I guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and cats can sense vampires, and vampires are afraid of cats. You're freaking me out right now. It's true. It's true. This is, these are real vampire facts, so I'm safe. I'd never let anybody in my house. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got so many cats. I had no idea you were a vampire believer. It's not that I'm a vampire believer. It's that if vampires were real, I would want to have, be 
protected. And you are. And who's to say? That is true. Who's to say? Who's to say what scientist (laughs) is going to find me and tell me I'm wrong? I'm sure someone on the internet will. Well, I'm sure. (laughs) They're not scientists, though. Those are just men. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry. There's always someone out there that will be ready to correct or inform you of anything, Trin. (laughs) But but this this is the truth, though. Like, friends need you to be very explicit with what you want. As uncomfortable as it is for you to ask something of your friends, your friends are uncomfortable putting that foot forward, too. They don't know. They don't know how to make that move. Yeah, they don't know how, and they can't read your mind. Right, they can't read your mind. Yeah, and if you're a quiet person, which maybe you are, maybe you aren't on the regular. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They're not gonna pry. Nope. It's much easier for them to talk about themselves than it is to ask, "What's going on in your personal life?" Right. And I love that you used the word pry because that's another thing. Is that I, I think that a lot of people are afraid of making you talk. Yeah, that's true. Most people are very aware of when their friends are uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and maybe they're just misinterpreting you know it's just a big communication i feel like i feel like it is sides yeah Yeah. like it would it seems unlikely to me that this person is actively seeking out a string of non-empathetic friends or that they just happen to luck into people who are selfish or something like that it seems more likely to me that we need to be asking for what we want and then if they don't give it to you then you need to be even more clear. Yeah, and then there's your answer. You either need to be more clear, or, I mean, maybe they're crappy friends, but it seems unlikely to me that you would seek out people that are actively crappy to you all the time. Jen, why don't we have an a conversation, like, well, let's do the thing. Okay, should I be the crappy friend as usual? Yeah. Okay. I love when you're the crappy friend because you're such a good friend, and so when you're being mm. the crappy friend, you're really putting on the acting skills. I'm not. I'm just, like, accessing the mean part of my brain, which is always <laughs> right. It's always close by. I have, um, so I have an alter ego, uh, Melissa. <laughs> That's right. You know, who's kind of a dick. Yeah. Uh, and I tap into her sometimes. Do you have a name for your bad friend person um her name is tina tina and here's why yes. there's an episode of 30 rock where tina fey uh looks back on her high school her high school or middle school years and thinks like why was everyone so mean to me and then she flashes back with like a more objective view when she realizes oh shit i was actually the mean one and she said before that she, in real life tina fey has said this power i have to be like witty or whatever she didn't say this but it was parif- i'm paraphrasing she said the power i had to be like witty and, and like write well i i've can so easily use it for evil to be mean so she has to actively not be a dick and i kind of get it that's awesome though yeah and i'm not like the world's biggest tina fey fan i'm not don't get me wrong i'm not like you know i'm not a stand for her but i did think that's very wise i think actively trying to be kind all the time even if you are a natural douchebag is so that's that's a big step for a person yeah i thought that was pretty cool because she is very sharp-witted and witty obviously and she's like oh it's really easy for me to use this to be cruel but i'm not going to do that so anyway my alter ego is named tina so so jen so when we start this have tina like end the conversation about her day Mm -hmm. so like you just got done venting okay 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 cool and then the grocery store clerk said these bananas aren't on sale can you fucking believe that i can't believe that if they're labeled that they're cheap they should they should honor the sale they should honor the sale they should honor the banana sale you know what, Tina? That reminds me of this one thing that I've just been wanting to get off my chest. Do you mind if I vent for a few? Yeah, of course. Thank you, Tina. 
Okay, let's do it one, another one. I have another way to do this. Okay. Cool. What should I do? Um, just just say hi to me. Okay. Melissa, right? Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Hey, Tina. How have you been? Fine. Actually, not that great. <laughs> you know what I think that we should do? Let's. You tell me about why things suck for you, and I'll tell you why, why things suck for me, and then let's get fucking milkshakes because we deserve it. Okay, so here's where things are going badly for me. I went to my chiropractor this morning, and they cracked my back in 37 places, uh-uh. and I didn't. And now I now my spine is falling out oh. of, my, of my body. <laughs> I shit out my spine into the toilet, and I'm spineless now. And also, I don't know if I can get milkshakes. I <laughs> what? Why can't you? I I have a tummy ache too. So Tina, guess what? That sucks. Yeah. Now what? how are you gonna top that? Uh, you know what? It's not a contest. Uh, I think that your problems are bad, and so are mine. Uh, my problem is that I wanted a cool, delicious kind of Oreos to eat this morning, but all we had was plain and double stuff, and I wanted red velvet. Melissa, I shit out my spine. I understand. <laughs> I understand, Tina. But it, this is a circle of trust here, okay? And uh, I feel that my problems are valid. And if this is something that you can't emotionally tackle at this time, I'll talk to my other buddy, Georgina. You know, I'm going to go flush my spine down the toilet, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to hear out your problems. Thank you. And if I, and if I came off as rude before, it's just because I don't have a, I don't have a spine. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been shitting it out. I, I just shit it out in tiny little pieces. Let's do one more okay. where you say no. Okay. Got okay. It. All right. Cool. Here I am leaving the yoga studio. I have um, my yoga mat sticking out of my backpack. Like a white person would do, and I'm strolling down the sidewalk, and I'm glowing. I have yoga glow. I'm I'm limber. I'm fresh. Oh, hey, Melissa, or is it Marissa? Melissa, hey, Melissa. Because Marissa is this is Marissa, right? And then Melissa is just the, somebody else. Got it. Yeah, cool. Hey, hey, Melissa, what's up? Hey, to be honest, a lot is going on here. Do, could you? I actually just would love to like pop in uh, to David's tea and get some tea together and talk. Do you have time? Honestly. You're kind of harsh in my vibe, oh. my yoga vibe. Like, I don't know if you can tell, but I am like, you could stretch me like a rubber band right now. <laughs> and I don't think I could let you bring me down on this beautiful January day in Chicago. Do you well, get that? I totally get that. Now is not the right time is what you're saying. Yeah, you're right. So how about some other time? Uh, do you think maybe tonight uh, when you're feeling a little less limber, <laughs> we could um, get on the phone and each have a cup of wine because, man, I really need to vent about some things. Yeah, let's do it. Let's set a time. Let's make a schedule. Let's do it. See? You can do this, too. There are many ways that things can go. Even Was that actually helpful? I completely forgot what we were doing in the context <laughs> of the episode. Well, so the context of, of our conversations, which we got derailed and giggled through, <laughs> is that being actively asking for what you want, specifically for somebody's time and emotional energy, uh, that's not awkward. Like, you can very much do that and not be weird about it. I always like trying how you put parameters on it, like for five minutes or over the phone or can I have 10 seconds of your time to be really angry about something and then we can go and then I'll calm down. Yeah. And I think that that's a really good way for the asker to broach the subject with her friends, too. Yeah. Uh, just to be really clear about what you want, say something like text somebody, hey, I'm really mad right now. Can I just text at you in all caps about my problems for a few minutes? Yeah. And honestly... I would be delighted if I received that text message. So would I. I would be so ready to be angry on your behalf. I would be flattered that you picked me, understanding that 
that you could trust me to all caps at. And that's the other thing that I think the asker could m- might consider is the fact that if your friends are constantly dumping on you, are you very trustworthy, maybe? Like, are you a good listener? Oh. Are, do you give good advice? Like, you know, there might be a compliment that you should give yourself in there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, like, when you're done venting, say thank you and compliment somebody. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yes, yes, I want the friends to do that, to recognize your role here, which is, you know, emotional labor. Yeah. Um, like, saying something to your friends after you're done venting them to them, something like, thank you so much for being there for me. Uh, I know this took some time out of your day. Uh, but I really needed it, and this was a very friendship thing for you to do. These sound like weird things to say when they're in the context of us talking to you over a podcast, but when you have that conversation with a friend, they will very much want to hear that. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to be thanked for their time? Right. Uh, and you can also say something at the end when you are being vented too. Uh, just a reminder that this is that you are a person and not a robot that people speak into. People are generally selfish, which is not necessarily bad, but it's something we repeat all the times that they're self-centered. They might not register that this is work. So saying something like, thank you for trusting me with that information. I'm always happy to be there for you. Right. Is a good reminder that you are doing something, that this is a closeness. This is not a something that they should take for granted. Would you say it's a favor? I mean, it's a favor if it's not a conversation. So right. there's times when you sit down with your friends and you you both kind of like barf on each other and then clean each other up and move on. We did that this morning. Yeah, that was a good barf session. I felt so much better afterwards. Yeah, much like after you barf. Yeah, I was like, oh, glad that's over with. Yeah, you got it out of there. Yeah. Right. And then sometimes it's just like your friend is holding the bucket for you and then disposing of it for you. <laughs> you know, like yep. that is you thank your friend for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah you, you do. Man, if your friend helps you vomit. And they hold your hair back and they clean up afterwards. That's a thank you. The rules for emotional barfing are the same rules as they are for regular physical barfing at a party. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> like if you're both physically barfing together, you're just patting each other in the back being like, I'm going to, I'll be okay. You'll be okay. <laughs> I like that you said party because it reminded me of what I wanted to say, which was the setting that this venting might happen is important too. Yes. Like, like when we were improvising, like really, really good at improvising. So seconds, good. So good. Like Ugh. you could just like, you could just picture the scene. Trin, you said, oh, now it's not a good time. One way to start the conversation is to be, is now a good time for me to vent? And then hopefully your friends are honest because like Trin and I do this and I'll be like, I'm finishing a thing. Give me five minutes and then your attention is mine. Like or, that's or even, fair. I'm in a really crappy mood today for other stuff. And I honestly can't take that on right now. Let's talk tomorrow. Like, those yeah. are all reasonable things. Yeah. That's the other thing that we want to make sure uh, is not happening from your end, is that if people say, no, not right now, that doesn't mean that they don't want you to vent. It, it means that they are putting uh, limitations on when it can occur based on what they can handle. Yeah, and what they can offer you. Right. We're not saying, like, oh, my gosh, this is your problem and you are the worst, because that's not true. Like, everybody does this shit, and, like, it's totally normal um we're just saying that if this is something that continually happens with multiple friends then clear up the things on your end that you can clear up because the only person whose actions you can control are your own so you have to do your best and then see what comes out yeah and then see if your friends are better at this because i feel like some people are really going to step up and be happy and surprised and excited that you're sharing more with them and if people are still crappy then they're crap. Then they're, they're crappy. crappy. Then you got then your. Then you did get your answer. But you are giving your friends the opportunity to be good to you. 
And I also want to clarify the crappy. So it could be that you are dumping on your friends who are more like buddies. And they're just not emotionally at that point with you yet. And you could have to relegate your dumping to your very close, tight friends. We have different kinds of friends for different things. Um, like we always say, like you, you have your drinking and karaoke friends. You have your tea and feelings friends. There are many different kinds of friends and boundaries and things like that. Your friends are not necessarily crappy people if they can't emotionally connect with you. It's just not that kind of friendship. Yeah, that's just not something they can offer, which is okay because they probably have plenty of other things they can offer. Now that I think about it, I only have like three people in this world that I like really like dump with. Me too. Yep. Two to three. Yeah. So if you're like trying to, to dump all over like 25 people, like a couple dozen people. They're not all going to hit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just like. Those dumps sometimes will miss. Here's the thing. People are very emotionally incapable. Very, very very few people like are equipped at whatever age, any age, literally, to yeah. like handle the problems of other people. It's just not. I think people should become better at it because I think it's a skill on the whole. But like, no one comes out as Trin. No Aww. one is as skilled as Trin until they've done the work, and Trin has done the work. So Thank like, you. it's hard. It's a it's hard work. And again, everyone is bad at it. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> One of the most reasonable, responsible adult things you can do, and this is another thing to repeat over and over again, is to meta-think. To think about the reasons why you think the way you do. I hate doing that. It is hard. It makes you think about why you have to dump on a ton of people. It makes you think about why it's so hard for you to ask for somebody's ear. And I think that a little introspection could go a long way. Once you start doing this, you are going to be sad. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yeah. But you also might be enlightened and it might strengthen your friendship. Next question. So two of my friends, I consider my closest best friends, are jealous of each other. So posting on social media or hanging out makes it tough to want to show affection. Should I do something different? There was a time in my life when this was part of my reality. Mm -hmm. But then you grow and you shed people and you meet new friends. And I'm not saying you need to do that. I'm just talking about my situation. And now the two friend groups I have are always so happy for one another when I get to hang out with them. Like, Trin is always like, oh, I just love Nadia. Even though you've never met Nadia. I've never met Nadia. You're you just love her. because Because, you know, she makes me happy. And, like, that is just the sweetest thing in the world to me. So, anyway, I guess I said that to make you feel bad about your situation. But, no, here's <laughs> the thing. Here's the thing. You asked, should I do something different? And I think the answer is yes and no. Right? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like, the jealousy between your friends is absolutely their problem. It's theirs. It's theirs. Uh, if you feel like you're stoking the fire by posting a ton of photos, then don't do it. We don't really think that you can fix their feelings. And you probably shouldn't try because that seems like a lot of emotional labor and it seems really messy. Yeah. Like, I want them to do what Trin said earlier in Meta think, why am I jealous? Yeah. Why can't I just be happy that my friend is happy even when I'm not there? Yeah, or when I'm not involved. I really hope that the friends are not making the asker, like, choose. Or that the asker isn't accidentally encouraging this. Right. Don't get me wrong. I know you wouldn't do that on purpose because that's just, like, that's just crappy behavior. But are you accidentally letting them vent about the other person and not putting a stop to it? Because, like, that could be really inappropriate. Ground rule number one is don't compare them to each other. 
uh, when you hang out with one, try not to bring up the other friend. Uh, I think that you're, the friend you're hanging out with should be understanding of the fact that you have an outside life <laughs> other than them. Uh, but if you can avoid bringing up the other friend just because you know that they're jealous of each other, then don't. And then the third ground rule is don't try to make them be friends. Oh, yeah. Good point. Don't try to mend this or heal it because mm-hmm. that's a lot of work, like I said. Yeah. And it might not, might not work out that way. They don't need to be friends. They really don't. And I think that it's garbage that they're jealous of each other. I think that is silly. However, it's very human. Humans are silly garbage. They're silly garbage people. If there's some behaviors you think you could stem, go ahead and do it. But overall, you don't need... Their jealousy is theirs. There's Mm -hmm. probably not much you need to change. Yeah. Um, When we say that, like, maybe it's something you're doing, what we're saying is... Again, try to fix everything you can from your end, but you cannot make them stop being jealous of each other. You can't make them realize they're being silly, silly beasts. Control what you can control. Question three. We're doing a question three. What a big day. (laughs) I adore this question. I can't wait to answer it. I am an open person about almost anything. I'm pansexual and I'm in a polyamorous relationship. I always make sure when I start a friendship to draw a hard line that I'm only interested in being friends. But people seem to want more. Is there something I'm doing? Probably. Uh, it's probably something you're probably. doing. Yeah. And it's, be, it's just like the first question. We're identifying a pattern. Right. Uh, this doesn't mean that your problems are all your fault, but it, it seems to be that you suspect already that you're doing something contri- to contribute to the issue. If you're saying, is it something I'm doing? Then I think that that's something in the back of your head saying, oh, oh, wait, maybe, oh, maybe I'm doing a problem. Yeah, maybe that voice, maybe listen to that voice. And to be clear, the fact that you're pansexual or polyamorous doesn't much have to do with, with this. There are plenty of just mayonnaise-ass normies and <laughs> cis-hetero-closed relationships. And they, and they do this, too. Blurring of the friend line is not exclusively for pansexuals or bisexuals. It's a human thing. It's very much a human yeah, thing. Like, People like attention. And that's not, like, wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we just need to go over a plan for how you deal with this attention, what it means to you, and how you or your new friends might be confused by what you're doing. Yeah. More meta thinking, I think. Yeah. So there's one pattern that might be happening. Number one is you might be making friends with hot people that you find hot. What made you seek them out? Is it because they're attractive to you? And once again, People do this. It's why I'm best friends with Daniel Craig and Idris Elba. <laughs> and like now we like, you know, we have like a close personal friendship. Right. It's like goes like way deeper than just looks. But initially it was looks. Yeah. I mean, it's possible that you're creating a harem on accident. <laughs> like Jesus. Yeah. He's a harem. <laughs> it's not, I don't think. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah. So just examine why you are friends with people who are attracted to you or you find attractive. Um Two, the other situation this could be is that you might be mistaking people's sexual interest with friendship interest or vice versa. Yeah, you said people seem to want more, but maybe they don't. Do they? Do they? Like, maybe their hugs are friendship hugs. Yeah, I mean, also, maybe you're putting friendship energy into people who actually want to make out. So, like, if you met somebody at a bar and they're making eyes at you and they bought you a drink, they probably don't want to be friends. No, they probably want to 
make out. Yeah. Yeah. And if you if that's how you meet your friends, if you meet your friends in, in sexual situations, then it turns into friendship. And that's how you meet all of your friends. Those aren't where friendships begin. Right. I mean, they can certainly turn into friendships. But like if this keeps happening, you got to notice that. Right. If the bulk of your friendships have the same starting point and if these kinds of situations seem to strike a chord with you, if you're like, oh, actually, yeah, we did meet by making eyes at each other at a party, although we're friends now. Bear in mind that maybe you need to examine why all of those friends have the same starting point. Yeah. The other thing I wonder is if this person or their friends takes crushes very seriously. Yeah. We've talked about this kind of scattered over many episodes. Like people take having a crush or harboring like romantic feelings very seriously. You know what? I blame the media. I blame the media too. Because <laughs> crushes are not world ending. It, it may feel like a crush, like you're being squished, like, oh, they're so cute. Oh, they're so cute. Um, but a lot of times if you care about your romantic relationships and you are happy with them the way they are, your crushes can be ignored and so can people's crushes on you. Yeah. Can you just get past it? And crushes can even be enjoyed. Like you might just know your friend has a crush on you and you can like enjoy the attention or whatever with the understanding that the attention is fun, but it's never going to go anywhere. You could feel flattered that someone finds you attractive or has a crush on you because it's flattering. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, this world is garbage. And if something makes you feel good, then like, yes, enjoy it. But also understand that friendships have a line. They do. And the the truth is that in your interactions with people throughout your life, and I know for many people, what I'm about to say next is going to be very hard for you to believe, but just trust me. Okay. Throughout your life, (laughs) there will be few times where none of your friends find you attractive. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's an undercurrent of sexual energy with people who are, you know, not asexual almost all the time. It's not that big of a deal. Most people are horny. Not everybody. Certainly not everybody. Correct. But like a lot of people, man, when I found out that everyone was horny, (laughs) I remembered where I was. It was probably college and I was like the only non-horny one because I was so depressed. Which doesn't mean, by the way, that if you're depressed, you're not horny or if you're horny, that just, just, it was just my situation. I feel you. And I could, I was just like, oh my God, everyone in this room wants to have sex with everybody else. Yeah. And you know what? That feeling of, oh my God, everyone wants to do this has not really gone away into what I would call sort of my adulthood situation. Yeah. Which is why, like, at the New Year's Eve party, we had signs up, like, do not have sex in this room. Yes. Please. I know you want to. Everybody does. Everybody does. Nearly. Yeah. That's the thing, is that I think a lot of people think that once you're out of high school or something, that there will be less drama, and, like, people won't get crushes on each other, and, like, everybody can chill and be adult. Not fucking true. All of those things are still true. It's just either you learn to deal with them or you don't. It would seem that... You need to do a little bit of work to deal with the fact that people will have crushes on you, regardless of pansexual, bisexual, heterosexual mayonnaise. It doesn't right. matter. Like more work to accepting that this is part of life. Yes. And normalizing it as opposed to making it a huge deal. Yeah. Got it. The other uh, thing that might be uh, confusing feelings here is physical affection. So Don't just- touch me. <laughs> In general, um, so are you a snuggler? You may or may not be a snuggler. If you are a snuggler, um, people, you know, they do it. People snuggle their friends. They give them a cheek smooch and it's fine. But that is a friendship level that requires a lot of understanding on both ends because there are many times where people have an almost uh, Pavlovian response to hugging. If you are 
over and over again physically affectionate with your friends in a way that maybe is different for them or they don't quite understand where you're coming from, they can develop feelings simply by having repeated physical closeness. The body language just impacts their brain. You're not wrong to be a friendship snuggler and they're not wrong to have this biological response to touching and things like that. Uh, But what we're saying is that when you have that boundary crossing of like suddenly they have boob access to you, uh, you've got to make really clear that this is a platonic boob access. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but that's really smart train. Like you're giving them more access than you did before. Mm -hmm. That could be sending an incorrect signal. Right. I mean, it could be sending a correct signal if you have mutual feelings there. But just so you know, that's where things can get dicey. And again, I want to say over and over again, you don't have to not touch your friends who are cool with being touched and want you to touch them. It's just watch out for it in the future. A lot of people who are those snuggler types don't do the meta think and think about like, oh, wait a minute. If I do this to a non-snuggler, how would they react? So what's our in conclusion for this person? Uh, just I think it's it's all of these things. It's uh, make sure that you are not doing all of this stuff, that you're making friends with only people that are hot to you, that you're mistaking people's sexual interests with friendship interests, vice versa, uh, that you're not giving too much physical attention to people who are not accustomed to it. And above all, try not to take crushes too seriously. They are not friendship ending situations. Uh, people get crushes. They fly little flitty crushes all the time. Like, I, sometimes I can walk into a room and have crushes on three people in it. Really? Uh, it depends on how hot everybody is in the room. I don't know. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. I mean, more like when they, I was 17. Yeah, and then but, they open their mouth and you're like, nope. No, we're done here. <laughs> Shit, I'm done with you. Mm. When we say, like, again, this could be you, what we really mean is I think we need to take a little more introspection on our end and see if, what we're doing to contribute to this situation that is difficult. I really respected what you said in the question, which was, I always make sure when I start a friendship to draw a hard line. That's good. That You're, is really that's good. That's a good step. You're communicating. Right, right, That's right. usually what we say. We usually try to navigate, what are you saying? What aren't you saying? But you clarified, I'm drawing a hard line that I want friendship. That's a really good thing. Keep doing that. You can absolutely draw a hard line and say, this is friendship, and still the lines get muddied or blurred over time. Absolutely. No, I just want friendship. But then they might think your physical signals say something else. Right. Also, the other thing is people hear what they want to hear. Yeah. And people are trained to believe that especially women aren't saying how they actually feel. Right. It's like why kindergarten teachers say, listen to her words. Why that's a common phrase. Because, you know know what? You know what I mean. You know what I I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to her words. When she says, I don't don't hug me. It doesn't mean she's not being coy. She, right. she doesn't want to be hugged. This is not to say that you're violating your friend's consent, but to say, like, they might not necessarily fully believe you when we say we're just friends. Wink, wink. Let me stroke your arm a little bit and give you a back massage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> People aren't the Sims. You know, in the Sims, you can you do the like friendly hug and then you can do the romantic hug. And all of a sudden they're interested in you. But people, hmm, maybe people are like the Sims now that I think about it. Actually, people are almost exactly like the Sims. Yeah, like if you give a romantic hug, all of a sudden the little heart appears over their head and they're like, oh, now I'm interested in you in a sexual romantic way. Right. Treat your friends more like the Sims. Yeah. No, I totally agree. (laughs) Just for a period of time, test it out. It might be worth doing. Like give them a friendly hug, but don't put any groin action into it. Yeah, don't pat their bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then it... Honestly, I don't have any friends like this. However, I do know there are plenty of healthy friendships with bottom padding. And that's fine for some people. Yeah, absolutely. But we want to reiterate, 
you have to be so constantly, openly, and honestly communicating to have a friendship like that. So all we can say is, is consent is involved. Go for it! Right. But it's, I, and I need to just, I need to say this five million times. It's not just I draw a line at friendship in the beginning. It's we have constant communication. Consistent communication about what pe- what you both want right. or more than one person. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's so true. You can't just say it once when you first meet. Yeah. Because <laughs> what happens seven months later after you've kissed at a party? Right. They're going to forget. Yeah, they they're going to purposely forget. Yeah. And people forget things that they don't want to remember. Absolutely. Every single person does this. Yes, it's it's absolutely not. We're not trash talking your friends yeah. or you. Um I think that it's a it's really really great that that you are so self-actualized at this point. Like you're very clear about who you are and what you want. Not everybody feels that way about themselves and their sexuality. Not everyone is evolved like that. Yeah. For better or for worse, honestly. Like some people don't know what they want or some people think they know. And also everyone has a selective memory. Yeah. Like people forget what they don't want to remember. And people and so this is the only thing that I think does play in with your sexuality. People have a misunderstanding of pansexual people and polyamorous people to think that that means they want to fuck everybody on the planet. The term bisexual, people think like, oh, that means everybody. Oh, that means you're greedy. Oh, that means you're a slut. I hate that. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. And it's absolutely changing. God, I don't even think people used to say the word bisexuality when I was like a kid. No. I mean, slowly but surely, people are recognizing that bisexual people do exist. Right. There are people in this world who will confuse you based on your identity, which I would recommend having more constant communication with your friends because of that. And again, it's not your fault or your problem, and it sucks you have to do extra work. Um, But as a bisexual person, uh, what I would like to say to you is it's It is very helpful to be clear because people get these misapprehensions from all directions, from the media, from idiot people talking to them, whatever. So you have to be the clear voice in this about what you want and who you are. Be their their anchor into reality. Yes. So this was friendshipping with Jen and Trin, and we just told everybody what they're probably doing wrong. Don't do those things. I know what I'm doing wrong. (laughs) Recording a podcast while sick. Did I say anything useful in the last 20 minutes? Yeah, you did. You did really well. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very tired and you're very sick. And you want to know what? I think we did a really good job today and we overcame our problems. I'm proud of us. I'm always proud of us, Jen. Where can people find us if they're also proud of us and want to tell us? I actually was. I'm so glad you said that because I was about to stop talking and turn off the recording machine (laughs) because I'm so tired. People can find us on Twitter at Do Friendship. If they'd like to ask us a question, they can go to ask.fm slash do friendship. We understand that the the bubble for questions is a bit small. Feel free to submit multiple uh, entries and we'll put them together. It's fine. There's not that many people putting questions in there every minute, so it's not going to get jumbled up. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We're very smart. Thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. New friendship at the problem. is proud to be part of the Chicago Cod Codcast. Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. Friendship. Friendshiping. That's the one. <laughs> Friendshiping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative.